It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So many trade rumors, so many NBA rumors, so much to get into on this Monday edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. What's happening with Shea? What's going on with Kimball Walker? Damian Lillard might request a trade. There is so much to get into, including an interesting story with Kawhi Leonard and the LA Clippers, all coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. We're going to dive into the hot rumors around the NBA. Dame requesting a trade. Luka drama again. And also provide some clarity on Shea, on Kimball Walker, on the Thunder's future, and so much more. Once again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles for all of my Thunder and NBA-related thoughts. Now, let's talk about SGA first. SGA uh, has been brilliant, and it created a lot of drama on Friday whenever Tim Bomtez went on the Hoop Collective podcast And he mentioned that he's monitoring the situation with SGA due to the Thunder timeline. Listen, you can go back and listen. It's the Hoop Collective Collective podcast from Friday afternoon, Friday morning, uh, from ESPN's Hoop Collective. It's the last five minutes of the show, so you can go back and just scrub your way to the last five minutes if you want to listen to this podcast. But the thing is, this was not a report. This was not a sourced situation This was not Tim saying they're going to trade him. Uh, I expect him to trade him. He's just monitoring it. This is a guy talking about basketball with his buddies, right? It just so happens it's on an ESPN platform, but it's no different than if we had a hypothetical podcast about any sort of trading situations, right? It's no different than every locked on show right now, for the most part, is talking about trading their team, trading for Damian Lillard. Like locked on maps, they talked about trading for Dame. Locked on Celtics, talk about trading for Dame. It's just the podcast talking about what could happen, not what will happen. And that's where things got confused by the aggregators who took this and ran with it. And some aggregators had it on the wrong podcast, like they had it on the Low Post, not the Hoop Collective. It was a mess. This was not a report. This was not anything sourced. This is not something intimate. This is not something that's going to happen. It's not even something that he's heard. It's just something that he threw out as a situation that he's keeping an eye on, which is not surprising. If you're not plugged into Oklahoma City, if you're not in tune with Oklahoma City, why wouldn't you be fascinated by the situation? Because you look at it from a national perspective, 
And the big wording in this you know segment, in this conversation, was timeline and fitting the rebuild. And people just tore Tim apart, saying Shea's only 22 years old. Uh, the thing is, when people talk about, and we're going to get into this conversation now, when people talk about timelines and people talk about Shea's fit with the Thunder and their plans going forward, when you're talking in a basketball sense, that has nothing to do with your actual age. Bigger than your actual age, what truly matters is your controllable years. In a small market, teams cannot bank on keeping guys long-term. You could be flawless in your execution of being loyal to the player, of trying your best to win every single season with that player, of giving him and, and coddling him with everything you can ever imagine, and they can still leave on a moment's notice. Small market teams can only bank on a nine-ish year window. Shea's been in the league for three years already. That's six years of control that's left on the upcoming docket. And Shea's going to sign this summer. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be fun. He's going to sign it. No player in the immediate future is going to turn that contract down. You're always going to sign your rookie scale extension. Shea will be no different. The question about the fit with the timeline is has nothing to do with age. Age wise, he's perfect. 22 years old, no big deal. It's controllable years that the national media is talking about here. So walking through this from a national perspective, you got Shea with six years of control left, right? Six years left, and you just had terrible lottery luck, just awful lottery luck. The Thunder will have to tank next year because of that bad lottery luck, and also their pick is lottery protected. So if you're going to try to miss the playoffs to keep your pick anyway, why not juice up your odds to get a top pick in next year's draft class? So you're going to be bad again next year. That's, that's going to be a non-competitive year. You can phrase it with replenish, with rebuild, with tanking, with whatever reword you want to use. You can use any word to describe it. Let's just use a base term of tanking. You're going to have a non-competitive season next year. Then you'll have five years left from Shea. Now let's bank on, they get immense lottery luck, and they find their guy in next year's class. Let's call it Chet. All right, he's got a name that probably everyone's familiar with right now. But that's a big if that they get the lottery luck and then they find their guy and Chet's actually really good at the NBA level. That's that's a big if. Both those things are. But let's just, for the sake of arguing, say that's the case. Well, the year after drafting Chet, his rookie year, the team's still not ready to win yet because they're going to be so young and they're going to be trying to figure out how to play together and how to play at the NBA level. And now, after that competitive year, but not championship competitive year, and probably not playoff competitive year, you're going to be down to four years of Shea's control. The year after that is your arrival into the playoffs, likely a very tough first or second round exit, and now you're down to three years left of Shea's controllable window. Then you have a three-year championship window compared to, say, trading Shea and getting back in return a K type of player in the draft or whoever you get back uh, that, that more so matches your control window. It's about control, not about age for the national media. Now, what I think that the national media is forgetting is that Sam Presti does not operate with the Danny Ainge syndrome. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to identify his young pieces. Once he has those young pieces in store, and once he has them intact, then he'll use the rest of those picks to spend on disgruntled stars to help expand that championship window and turn that window into a four-year window, into a five-year window, and try to expand that as much as possible. Shea will not be traded this year. It's not a report that will be traded this year. There's no sourcing saying he's going to be traded this year. That's not a thing that's going to happen. Shea is a cornerstone player, a guy you build around, 
and a guy that in most drafts and most draft picks will never turn into anything close to him, much less better than him. The Thunder have identified one guy, Shea. One guy that can be the guy, that can be the option. You need two more in this league. Can the Thunder get the luck they need? That's the question. Not about trading Shea, not about anything else. Can the Thunder get the luck they need? Because they didn't get it this year. Can they get it next year? Can they get it the following year? Look, the reason this is happening right now is because of how great Shea's played. Because of how awesome he's been. Shea's a cornerstone player. Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo did a redraft of the 2018 draft. Shea went fourth. Right? He was only behind Luka, Trey, and Aiden. You can even debate Aiden a little bit, but Aiden's had a great postseason, so that's kind of elevated him a lot. Shea's an all-star caliber player. He's going to be a top 15 player in this league. You have one of your building blocks right now. You need to find two. But do you see how easy that was to spin Shea's situation? That's why it's worth monitoring. That's why you're keeping an eye on it. That's why it's interesting, because you can spin it and say, well, at the end of the day, you're going to have three years of Shea's controllable window where you're going to be trying to win championships. You can also spin it to say, well, if we find our guy next year, or if we get you know, lucky and trade up in this draft and find our guy this year, uh, then all of a sudden we're going to cash in those chips for Bradley Beal or Carlton Towns or both, and all of a sudden now we're a championship team from the word go. Like, it, it can go either way. It's about your perspective. It's about your outlook on, on life in terms of half glass half full, glass half empty. It's about if you want to panic or not. It's about all those factors, and that's why it is interesting because when a lot of people get in the room that make decisions, you're at the whim of what their mindset. With, with Sam, I think that Sam Presti will keep SGA, will try to build around SGA, and that it's about two or three summers too early to have this conversation. While you should monitor it, and it's a, it's a fun thought process, and that's what got lost on people this weekend, is that it was just simply a thought process. It was just simply a conversation, not a report, not something serious, not something intimate, not something intimate, nothing. It was nothing important. It was just a conversation. A conversation about three years too early. Because there is a pathway here where the Thunder don't get lottery luck this year, as they did not. And the next year, they still fail in the lottery, which is no fault of their own. And the next year, they still are, are getting bad lottery luck. The Mavericks are a team that has awful lottery luck every single year. So, like, there's a way that you do have terrible luck every single year. And then at that point now, yikes, what do we do with Shea? Like, what do we do with Shea at that point? But no one can predict what's going to happen at that point. No one can predict how the lottery is going to go. If you would have predicted the lottery this year, right, you had a coin flip chance of getting Houston's pick and a good chance of getting a top five pick, you got neither one of them. Neither one of them. This is one of many reports that came out over the weekend of no duh, right? Label it as a no duh, like a, we already knew this. We knew there's pressure on the Thunder. We knew that there's pressure to figure this out in a hurry. We knew what the window was for Shea. It's not this summer, though. It's not this summer. So everyone can relax a bit and you can put the fake trades away. There was a ton of fake trades this weekend for Shea. It shows his improvement. It shows how, how good he's been this year. It shows the kind of player he's become where fan bases are just salivating to try to get him, but it's not the time just yet. Coming up, we're going to talk about more trades, including about Kimba Walker, about the Thunder's strategy moving forward, and if they can trade it for the number one overall pick this year. But first, I want to tell you about your friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar because it tastes like a candy bar. It's incredible. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone. You know my favorite flavor is peanut butter brownie. What's your favorite flavor? If you don't know yet, 
you have not tried them yet and you do not want to trust me, which you should, but if you don't want to trust me, they don't have to. You know, you can just go order yourself a mixed box. That mixed box will give you two of every flavor. When you get two of every flavor, guess what, folks? You can try them all multiple times, twice exactly. Try them all, reorder the ones you love the most, and now you've got your routine, your regimen of like, hey, I, I want the peanut butter brownie option. I want the, the cherry option. You got your stuff right there. Try it out by going to builtbar.com using promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your next order. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein and they only have 130 calories with only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. Try them out today. It's the, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Builtbar.com, promo code LOCKED15 uh, for 15% off your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. I want to talk right now about another conversation we've had. This is going to be like a grab bag podcast of just news from the weekend. Uh, Obviously, we have a lot to discuss. This one comes from Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, and they've both thrown out these ideas that can the Thunder just overwhelm teams with picks to move up? And they can just overpay, right? Because for the Thunder, overpaying is different than most teams. And this is another hypothetical conversation of where the Thunder can trade seven first-round picks, right? The price for James Harden, seven first-round picks and still have like 10 future first-round picks in their back pocket. So overpaying for the Thunder does not nearly devastate their future earnings, or, you know, their future assets, the way that it does for other teams. So can they just give the Pistons seven first-round picks and get Kid Cunningham? The problem is it takes two to tango for me. Uh, the, the problem that I see is that, sure, could you give Detroit seven first-round picks? Could you give them six, 16, 18? Sure, you could do that, but will Detroit accept that? Will Detroit accept 6, 16, 18, and three more future first-round picks and call it Darius Baisley? Probably not, because the problem is how poorly the lottery went. Now, had you moved up to three, and Detroit could still get their guy in Jalen Green, move from one to three, get the guy they like in Jalen Green, and then you give them two, three, four more future first-round picks, or you give them a sweetener that they like, sure, that could work out. But the drop from one to six is very significant to where I don't think that the Pistons would do that. I don't think that the Rockets would do that. Where things get fascinating is by the Cavs. The Cavs are your best bet with the Raptors as well. The Raptors are a, a, a good bet because the Raptors, from what I'm hearing, have people off the board, so to say, right? It's a guy like Scotty Barnes who could last to six. It's a guy like Sinjin who, who's going to last to six that they really like. And so they would be comfortable moving down. Especially if you gave them the assurance that you're not going to take Scotty Barnes at four. The Cavs and the Raptors have the best chance of having the Trey Young effect happen for them, where they have their guy, they know it's a reach at four, they'll move back to six, you get your guy at four, they get their guy at six, you give them an additional asset, they get their guy, they're happy, you get your guy, you're happy, you move on. The problem is, though, 
let's say the Cavs deal doesn't work out. There's no deal to be had for third. And the draft goes the way we expect. In some order, Cade, number one, obviously, probably. Green, Mobley, those three go top three. Are you really going to trade up with additional assets to get one of Kaminga, Barnes, Suggs? All three of those guys have some red flags. All three of those guys have some, has, have some question marks about their future to where would you be happier just letting the draft play out and keeping your additional assets? That's a conversation to be had. The thing about Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, I think that they're right in the sense of for the Thunder, I don't see reason why Sam Presti would not do this. Sam Presti has been banking on this for years. Like, again, he does not have the Danny Ainge syndrome. If he has to overpay for Cade Cunningham and believes Cade Cunningham is going to be a, an all-star, superstar, a face of your franchise, a top 15 player, top 10 player, if he believes those things, he'll overpay for him. He will. But it takes two to tango, and the Thunder got absolutely hurt by the lottery. Being at six, you cannot deliver their guys. The Mavericks were still in the game, for example. When Lucas slid down, they were still in the game to say, hey, you know what, Atlanta? We know you like Trey more. We know you didn't expect to have Luka in your lap right now. We really want Luka. We've zeroed in on Luka for years and years and years. Dinosaurs watched him since he's 16 years old. We want Luka. You want Trey. We'll give you the asset. Swap. You get your guy. We get your guy. It doesn't work that way whenever you're at one to six, right? Because you can no longer give them their guy. So, yes, the Thunder would overwhelm teams with picks. But will the teams value those picks whenever they can't get their guy? We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Again, another report rumor thing that happened was Kimba Walker. And there was a misleading article from the New York Times or Post or Daily or whatever the hell the New York outlet was. They have too many of them. The headline, this big, bold headline in New York fashion, was that a Kimba Walker trade was intimate. It's going to happen. They're going to trade Kimba Walker. That's the headline. The Thunder are going to trade Kimba Walker. It's close. It's going to happen. Click on the article, and the article states that the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to trade Kimball Walker. They just don't know if it'll be before the season starts or after the season starts. No duh. We all knew that. What's the article doing there? What's the headline doing there? What are we talking about? We knew. We, we know the Thunder are going to trade Kimball Walker eventually. You're not telling us anything we don't know. You're going to have a big headline that generates clicks. It's not a report. Don't get fooled by the headline. Nothing's happening with Kimball Walker immediately. For starters, Sam Presti's not even met with Kimball Walker yet. That'll happen this week. He told us that before the lottery. And you know Sam Presti will meet with Kimball Walker. They'll both be transparent about what they want to get out of this, when they want to get out of this, and what their plan is moving forward. And then maybe we'll hear something. We'll see a leak maybe about what the plan's going to be in the next week or two. Maybe we won't because the Thunder are so close to the vest with this stuff. But this is not a report. You haven't missed anything. This is just a very, very, very bad headline. And a sports writer that does not know the definition of the words they use in a headline article, a headline writer that has no idea what they're doing. Another popular conversation from the weekend was that fans starting to freak out a bit about the Thunder, right? Can the Thunder survive another tank? And there's been a lot of fear-mongering and gaslighting about, can the Thunder survive another tank? And don't buy into that stuff. It's, again, it's just fear-mongering crap. Yes, the Thunder can survive a tank. 
this could go on for years and years and years. Fans are not as important as they think that they are. I'm sorry to break it to you. I'm a fan too. We're not important, folks. We're not that important. Players can say what they want. Coaches can say what they want. Presty, Clay Bennett, they can all say all the great stuff. We're not that important, folks. What comes what it comes down to is not wins and losses. It's not championships. It's not tanking. It's not selling tickets. It's not selling shirts. As much as you want to act like your ticket sales pay the salary and it makes you feel better to justify the cost of tickets and makes you feel better to justify uh, spending your hard-earned money uh, on games, I'm sorry to break it to you, but it doesn't matter in the one-to-one sense, right? The Thunder fan base not selling out whatever we call the arena next year for 41 events, 41 games, will not lead to the Thunder leaving town. The only thing that leads to the Thunder leaving town is whenever the city stops funding them and the state stops funding them. That's been, it has never been about fan support. It's never been about anything that happens with us. It's about the, the, the city of Oklahoma City wanting to maintain their big league status, wanting to maintain their spot on the map, wanting to maintain the progress that they've made over these years with the Thunder organization. This city cares about wanting to be an NBA city. They care about had that, that legitimacy of having a professional sports team. They care about all those factors. The people in Oklahoma City care about all those factors. The politicians, everyone cares about all those factors in this entire state. That losing will not matter. Taking Ticket sales will not matter. What matters is keeping our state and our city legitimate. When people that are against tanking or against losing try to make you against it as well, they go to extreme lengths to say, well, you're going to lose your team. You're going to lose your team. Yeah, look at Sacramento. Build them a stadium, renovate their stadium. They're staying here. They're staying here. You got to worry about two factors whenever you're losing a team. Number one, you don't build them a stadium. Whenever taxpayers turn down the opportunity to build them a stadium, whenever they want a stadium, they'll look for the first reason to get out of town. Number two, whenever the team gets sold. A la Seattle. Seattle had both those things happen to them. They didn't want to build the stadium. They got sold to an Oklahoma who wanted to move it here. It was not about ticket sales. It was not about TV ratings. It was not about anything else except for they didn't want to pay for a stadium. They got sold to an Oklahoma who wanted to move it here. That's it. So if the Thunder gets sold, we have a whole different Pandora's box. If the Thunder lose 82 games next year, it still does not change the way that we feel about wanting our city to be a prime city or as close to it as it can be. Whenever you start talking about the fear of losing the Thunder because of losing season number one, you show that you don't know how the business works of basketball. Number two, you show that you have no idea what this city's about, what this state is about, what this fan base is about, and how important the Thunder are to all of us and how important the Thunder were to elevating the city, to making the day-to-day life in the city better. You're showing your ass, frankly. When when you're saying, oh my goodness, if they lose, we're going to lose them. No, we're not. No, we're not. This fan base is great. This city is great. And unlike the Kings, unlike the Cavs, the Thunder have great people in their front office. They have a great track record. And there's going to be light at the end of this tunnel. Now, when will you reach it? I can't tell you that. Because as we've seen over the last week, the lottery luck can be anywhere. It can be great. It can be bad. It can be terrible. It can be mediocre. It can be anywhere. Right? I cannot promise you lottery luck. What I can promise you is that eventually you're going to get to the end of this tunnel. It might take tanking next year. It might take taking the year after that. It might take taking the year after that. But eventually, 
You're going to come out of this. I can't say the same for the Kings or the Cavs or any other bad team in the NBA. And for as much as the Thunder have done for the city, as much as the people care about the reputation, I find it hard to believe the Thunder will ever lack support and funding. I have a hard time believing that somebody from Oklahoma will not step up and buy the team whenever the time comes to buy the team. So let's not gaslight people. Let's not have this overarching fear, right, and live our lives in fear and shaking. And, oh, my goodness, how many teams actually move? Think of all the things I just said. Think of how many people actually move, especially once we expand the league to 32 teams. They had one year of losing so far in a season which we played 10 less games and fans were not physically allowed in the building. And you have people freaking out and leading the public astray because they can't tolerate, they cannot fathom, they cannot comprehend losing basketball. They simply cannot evaluate the sport whenever they're having to watch losing basketball. They don't like it. They don't love the sport. They're spoiled brats. You're not losing this team. And if in 20 years, 30 years, this team does move, it will not be because in 2022, they lost too many games. They didn't sell enough tickets. It's not the case. Will never be the case. It'll be one of those two factors. You don't fund them a stadium or they sell it to a group that wants to move them with the intent of moving them from the word go the same way Seattle did. Those factors have hardly anything to do with fans of the team. Turn off your TVs. Don't show up to the ballpark. Come back once they're good. It's a cyclical cycle. But you're not in any danger of losing your franchise. You're just not. Coming up, we're going to wrap up the show with NBA news and what's to come on the show this week. But first, I'm going to tell you right now, but friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Listen, folks, baseball's in full swing right now. You can track all that action at BetOnline. You can also get the latest odds, news, info on your sporting needs, including baseball, and MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, before the next playoff game, head over to BetOnline or laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. No longer should you sit on the sidelines. This is your chance right now to get into the game. As teams prep for the playoff runs or on the heart of their playoff runs, head to their website or even use your mobile device and sign up right now today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. We're going to wrap up the show with NBA news and then what's to come this week. Number one. On the NBA news docket, most of which came from Sunday, like just Sunday just had a rapid fire of news. Uh, Kawhi, according to Skip Bayless, so again, take this source for what you will, Kawhi is mad at the Clippers medical staff. Apparently, there's been a lot of herky-jerky of like if he's actually going to need surgery or not and how 
serious the knee injury was, and, and, and Kawhi maybe feels a little stray about that, of the seriousness of his, of his injury. And so there's been a lot of talk about Kawhi possibly being mad at the Clippers medical staff. Obviously, as a team that controls the Clippers' future, Kawhi departing would be great for the Thunder. So that's a story to keep an eye on. And then we were hit with Damian Lillard setting up his exit strategy. Uh, he, he, he leaks out to Chris Haynes, who is his guy. So anything that Chris Haynes says in relation to Dame, you should take as gold. You, you should value what Chris Haynes says about Dame more than Woj, more than Shams, more than anybody in the world besides Dame himself. And the fact that Chris Haynes went so far to say that it could lead to a trade demand, the first even inkling that we have the most quote-unquote loyal guy in the NBA testing the waters of, of, of demanding a trade leads me to believe that this is going to happen eventually. Speculation, of course, but there's no reason for a guy who's staked his reputation, who staked his brand on being loyal, being different, being the guy that's going to stay in Portland forever. Now, all of a sudden, hey, you know, I could demand a trade this summer. You know, I could leave because, you know, championship contender and the backlash of the Chauncey Billups stuff, I could leave. And in the track record of NBA players, once they start entertaining the idea of teaming up here or there, leaving the situation for a better spot somewhere else, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. And so I think that this is going to prove to anyone that, that Dame's not going to be a lifer in Portland and probably going to be out of there this summer. And they'll have a lot to, to talk about moving forward in Portland. Another one is that apparently Luca hates KP and the Mavs have tried to put on this front for a long time that they're actually no beef between KP and Luca directly. It's been, you know, adjacent things like, like Bob and like Donnie and stuff like that. KP seems as good as gone. Now there was a chance now, as we talked with Rich Damon at Mashup on Twitter, that maybe getting rid of Donnie and Rick would mean that you keep KP because something had to change for Dallas. And those were two things that changed big time. Maybe you keep KP, see how he works under new head coach, try to rehab some of that value yourself and then trade him at the deadline or next off season when he has a little bit more value. But once we start hearing the ripple effects of, of this, and the more we hear about the possible rift between Luka and KP, the less likely that you can afford to bring KP back because KP's shown that he'll wear his heart on his sleeves and he'll talk to the media very bluntly. You got to respect that, but go back and look at those quotes he's had this season. He's very blunt of what he's feeling. So if there's public beef between Luka and KP, that'll quickly come out of KP himself once you start to have those two play together again if you do decide that. So I think that KP... Could be on the move yet again, as we all thought at one time. And the Thunder with Kimball Walker could make some sense there. That we'll monitor that moving forward. And then Lou Dort for the Thunder, just wrapping up the Thunder news, officially, officially made Team Canada. Credit to him. He bought his mom a house and a car. Uh, you know, that, that's awesome for, for Lou Dort. I, it's just, I'm so happy for this guy. Uh, he He's very humble. I mean, you, you remember earlier this year, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, the time that he was about the, about the last couple weeks of the season, he was asked about playing for Team Canada. And he said... I'm going to go out there, I'm going to try out, and I hope I make the team. And congratulations, uh, Lou Dort. You've made the team. You've made Team Canada. Uh, so we'll see what he can do in the Olympics uh, coming up pretty soon. You know, a couple weeks from now, they'll start the big-time tournament for the Olympics in Tokyo. Coming up on this show, on Tuesday, we'll have our NBA Big Board 2.0. Wednesday and Thursday will be more draft profiles. And then Friday, we'll have a mock draft post-lottery. And sprinkle in there, of course, our conversations with Richard Stamen, our draft expert, uh, a correspondent for the podcast every single week. So a lot to look forward to. Follow along anywhere you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-S. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.